Hello and welcome to episode 21 of America's Most Listened to Podcast, Unchecked Baggage. I'm sitting across from my very sexy and intelligent and somewhat angry and nude co-host, Lena. First of all, hello everyone. I am not nude. You are and, in my mind. And I am not angry right this second. Don't make me always sound angry. Okay. Oh, you make yourself sound angry. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So this episode is going to be about sexual desire in a relationship. So I know we've done one on sexual combat- compatibility in the past. Well, I couldn't say it then either. Uh, but this one is just going to be about sexual desire in a relationship. Okay. okay. So I got this from an article written by Sophie Brownness on the website Blueheart.io. Um, so there is actually something called SDD, which means sexual desire discrepancy. It sounds a lot like STD. Mm-hmm. I probably had it before. I don't know. <laughs> I had a lot of STD. So, um, so basically, <laughs> so so basically, what it means is when two partners don't share the same levels of sex drive or libido, or it can mean they don't share the same kinks. Okay, so it can be either. Like how it can be a problem with how often you're having sex mm-hmm. or it can be a problem with the actual acts themselves. Right. Like one person wants something different than the other. Yeah. Maybe maybe one person needs to have their nipples pinched or, you know, <laughs> spanked or, you know, whatever. Like maybe they're like in the shower and the other person doesn't. You know, it could be anything really. It doesn't have to be like when you say kink, it sounds like, you know, pee on me or something. It doesn't have to be that extreme. <laughs> it could just be different It could even be like top or bottom, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Okay. So uh, STD is actually very common. It's one of the main reasons couples seek counseling. Oh. Um, So it happens a lot uh, in relationships as people's um, sexual desires change after they first meet. You know, just because you have a lot of sex when you first meet doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. Right. I mean, it's always that way when you first get together because you have all those hormones going on, you know. Yeah. And then you got maybe one person's sexual desire changes as the relationship evolves. Um, maybe one of them puts on weight and they don't feel good about themselves. Or maybe uh, somebody has kind of like maybe suffering from depression. Maybe mm-hmm. can't get an erection enough or whatever. Um, but um, what you, whatever happens, the most important thing is to talk about what it is. Like if you notice a different sex habit, or they want to have sex less with you, or you don't feel loved, or whatever, you need to bring it up and say, hey, what's going on? Because we used to blah, blah, blah. Okay? Yeah. Communication is the key in this. Yes. And just like anything else, you can work through it. Right. One of the articles that I read called How to Handle When Your Libidos Don't Match from sexualbeing.org, it said that both people need to try and have empathy for the other person because the person with the higher sex drive, they're going to feel guilty about how often they want to have sex. I do. Mm, I'm sorry. It's okay. And the partner with the lower sex drive is going to feel like the other person thinks that they're only good for one thing and that they aren't appreciated for all of the other things that they have to offer. And I've actually been on both sides of this scenario. Um, So like right now, I'm obviously the one with the lower (laughs) sex drive, um, which... For the record, is a perfectly normal sex drive, I think, for a middle-aged woman. It is normal. I just happen to be married to someone that is um I don't I don't even know the adjective I'm trying to 
pocket uh, right now. Once, once sex like a teenager. And I, so when you married an older person, you think, okay, I'm going to marry somebody older. He's not going to want sex as much. Well, I mean, that wasn't my thinking oh. at the time. I wasn't like, oh, well, maybe he won't want to have sex as much. Because, I mean, we when we got together, I mean, again, hormones happening. Yeah. Um, so Every I, day. You know, I, I guess I just thought it would be like every other relationship. Um, and it's not. I blame not. you for being so sexy. <laughs> so. I think you would be this way regardless of so. who mm. you were with. Mm-hmm. I'm 60 years old now. Okay, that should go away. Not it's quite. Your, it's your fault. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks, babe. <laughs> so what's the normal amount of sex? So you, you might think to yourself, well, we're having sex, whatever. What's the normal amount of sex? So the answer to that question is there's not one. So you're going to ask the question and answer it? Yeah. Because <laughs> people are probably wondering this, this that. This is usually during the podcast where you ask the question and you wait for your co-host to give that you some sort of an answer. Okay, I sped through that. I'm sorry. So anyway. It's <laughs> all right. So because... Uh, what if you have a couple who's having sex twice a week, or we know couples that are twice a week, that's their normal sex. Okay, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that's your normal sex. Your normal sex is what you like to do. It could be once a month, it could be once every ten days, it could be whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think there. I mean, there's so many people, and everybody's different. So yeah, yeah you probably think other couples are having sex like movie stars and porn stars, like constantly every day. Whether well, or not, they're probably having sex once a week, like you are. Oh. So it's not a healthy way to look at other people's sexual relationships. Okay. It's what is good for you as mm-hmm. a couple. Right. Yeah. You got to figure out where you're both happy. Right. And if like one person wants to have sex a lot and the other person doesn't want to have sex as much, then you have to kind of figure out how to meet in the middle. And we're going to talk about that later, oh, how to, how well, to solve okay, that then. problem. So, so the answer to the question of what is normal amount of sex is it's what is comfortable for your relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how common is SDD, sexual desire discrepancy? So I got this from an article in the Huffington Post. So according to one 2015 study, so it's a long time ago, 80% of couples experienced a desire discrepancy with their partner in the past month. Wow, that's high. Right. And despite gender stereotypes about heterosexual relationships, it's not just male partners with high libidos and female partners with low libidos. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I said, I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've I've been the one with the higher and the one with the lower. Mm-hmm. And I was curious about the difference in men and women's sex drives. I found an article called Sex Drive. How do men and women compare from WebMD? And it says, quote, study after study shows that men's sex drive are not only stronger than women's, but much more straightforward. The sources of women's libidos, by contrast, are much harder to pin down. So, number one, men think more about sex. True. Two, men seek sex more avidly. It says, quote, nuns do a better job of fulfilling their vows of chastity than priests. Uh, Baumeister, who is, I guess, the guy that wrote this, cites a survey, or who they interviewed for it, uh, Baumeister cites a survey of several hundred clergy in which 62% of priests admitted to sexual activity compared to 49% of nuns. Hmm. The hmm. men reported more partners on average than the women. So I wonder if the, if the nuns are having sex with each other. <laughs> I saw a movie like that once. Uh, yeah. I bet you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number three, women's sexual turn-ons are more complicated than men's. True. 
they did a study where they determined that straight men say they're turned on by male, female and female, female sex. And that proved true because it said in the article that they actually put some sort of, um, a monitoring device on their genitalia. Really? So, yeah. Okay. I was wondering how that they proved that to be true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then uh, gay men say that they're turned on by male to male sex and that proved to be true. So, so, so far this is like, yes, it makes sense. Yeah. Cause why would a gay man want to see women having sex? Right. Right. Women on the other hand say that they are turned on and these are straight women, women um, on the other hand say that they're turned on by male to female sex but actually, all types of sex turn them on. Women are such liars. They're <laughs> women, you know, you women, y'all got some hidden kinks that you don't want to say. And this is, it needs to come out. Well, Let the kinks out. Well, it's because, number four, women's sex drives are more influenced by social and cultural factors. So there's a lot of different points to be made. A, women's attitude toward and willingness to perform various sexual practices are more likely than men's to change over time. Hmm. And I'm quoting this article directly. So Do you think um, as they get older, you mean, or they get less inhibitive or after they have kids or before they have kids? Um, no, I think, I, I think it just means that whatever is influencing them culturally will have an effect on their okay. sex drive. Um, B, Women who regularly attend church are less likely to have permissive attitudes about sex. Men do not show this connection between church attendance and sex attitudes. So women are more easily... Um, brainwashed? Brainwashed, yeah. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Um, see, women are more influenced by the attitudes of their peer group in their decisions about sex. So on the church thing, mm -hmm. I could be wrong because I haven't been to church in a while, but I think... Religion is uh, not anti-women, but like it is misogynistic. Ob ob yes, it ob is. Be obedient, right? To, yeah. Okay. And you're, you know, you're supposed to have one partner and right. be married forever, and and, and all cook. of that. Yeah. Um. So I mean, gosh, I probably just said a bunch of offensive things to anybody that is religious. So apologies. No That's apologize. My views. Um. D, women with higher education levels were more likely to have performed a wider variety of sexual practices, such as oral sex. Education made less of a difference with men. Okay, I don't understand that. So the smarter you get, the more you want to have sex? Is that what basically what it says? I think it's, I, well, I think the more educated you get, the less inhibited you are because you're not, you're not just um, driven by whatever you were taught growing up necessarily or in your church. Okay. You're actually, you've experienced more of the world, at least, um, you know, from an educational perspective. And you realize that there are other ways of being. That's what I think. Well, you are, you are very smart. Uh, e, women were more likely than men to show inconsistency between their expressed values about sexual activities, such as premarital sex and their actual behavior. So they talk about not, they talk about, so I want to make sure I understand this part. So they talk about, I don't want to have sex till I'm married, but then they have sex before they're married. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yes. And men don't care. Right. And and I think that has a lot to do with, and, and I'm, I would be really surprised if this wasn't an American specific um, article, because in, in America, I mean, as a woman, like there's sex everywhere, but you're not supposed to be sexual. You're supposed to be, you know, like 
demure and whatever, you know, you're not, you're not supposed to be a sexual being. Um, and so, but we are sexual beings. Right. And so I think the inconsistency comes in where we, we say one thing and we do another because what we say is what the outward appearance that we're giving to the world. But what we do is something totally different because that's what we actually want to do. I think that's why a lot of men cheat on their wives is because they want their wife to follow that thing of, Mm-hmm. Regular sex, and then on the side they get the woman who is a little more freaky, right? Yep. So they can pretend like they they can pretend like they're a missionary person when they're really doggy style. <laughs> they don't want anybody to know they're doggy style, right? So, all right. This article also says that women take a less direct route to sexual satisfaction. Um, does that mean like foreplay, or does that mean like? I think yeah. I, I think it means um, well. I mean. What it said in the article is that basically a woman's sexual desire starts in their mind, not physically, you know? And so they they have to be turned on mentally before mm-hmm. it translates to the physical. I understand that. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, women experience orgasms differently than men. Um I don't remember the details on that part of the article. Sorry. It like takes longer or... I don't know. I'm trying to remember what it said in the article. Sorry, you guys. Um, I don't know what that meant. I'll have to look it up. Maybe I'll maybe I'll record something afterwards <laughs> and put it in here saying what it is. <laughs> I think most I think most people know. All right, number seven. Women's libidos seem to be less responsive to drugs. This part was really interesting to me because um, they have been trying to come up with a woman's like uh, Viagra. But um, they're they're showing that it's not really very it hasn't been very successful on women, and, um, and and so that's why they haven't come out with anything yet that's FDA approved because um, women just are not as responsive. Maybe because they need something that affects the mind, mm-hmm. not right. Because the man it just gives you an erection. Yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking. And then. Um, what else did I have here? Heterosexual couples. The oh wait, this that's, is your part. Yeah. Sorry, so I'm he- like, why is this? Why why'd you put <laughs> that's it why it's in a blue? Different color. So um, heterosexual couples, the male usually has the higher case of SDD, meaning they want sex more. Also, as the marriage goes, the sexual desire usually wanes, which we talked about earlier. Okay, because mm-hmm. it. I mean, that's the way most relationships are. Right. So this usually takes effect around year two. Oh. Okay. Okay. In lesbian couples. They have sex less frequently than heterosexual or gay male couples. A study of 1,500 lesbian couples showed that 50% of them suffered from lack of sexual activity. They suffer from it? Or if it's like... That's what it said. If both of the... I mean, like if if you've got two people in a relationship where your sex drives are lower, then that's not suffering. That's just like you should just be fine. 50% of the couples, one of the persons in that relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, this is not going to be a shocker to anybody probably. Gay male couples have the highest frequency of sexual encounters than both lesbian and heterosexual couples because of testosterone probably. Yeah, probably. Also in a study, 83% of gay males said they were sexually satisfied in the relationship. Nice. The higher rate of sex in male gay couples is thought to be because of testosterone, which I said earlier. And to be fair, there haven't been a lot of studies. So there hasn't been a lot of studies on gay men. Mm-hmm. But there have been on everybody else. So it's a small sample size, but it makes sense since men have a higher sex drive 
yeah. two men get together. They both have a sex drive. Testosterone gives you more sex. So well, and that's this is on average too. Right. I mean, that, I mean, this definitely is a problem that affects uh, relation like heterosexual relationships where the woman wants more sex. Believe me, I've been in that relationship before. Yeah, this is just general terms, but yeah. it is. Uh, I could understand how the gay male would be higher. Yeah, no, for, I can see yeah. that. If 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 in general men have higher sex drives than women, then yeah. I mean, you get two men together, it makes yeah. sense that bam, they'd, be, bam, bam. they'd be having the most sex. So I want to be reincarnated as a gay man. Do you really? Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> so uh, you're never going to know, though. So what are some reasons for SDD? So the couple's responsiveness to each other is one. The what? Couple's responsiveness. Oh. Did I say it wrong? Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, perceived compatibility, communication, uh, in the relationship and then uh, relationship satisfaction. So if one couple, one person in a relationship is not really satisfied in the direction the relationship's going, they're going to want to have sex less, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're sexually not compatible or they don't talk enough or whatever, okay? The other thing is attraction level. Maybe one got ugly. Maybe <laughs> one put on some weight. Just turned ugly. Maybe one comes home, sits in front of the TV and watches TV all day and drinks well, beer. I have to say that if your spouse gets a little bit chubby and you're not attracted to them anymore, then there might be something else going on with well, your relationship. It happens. It happens. Yeah. You know, you marry somebody for a certain thing and then they change and you're like, oh, I don't like that anymore. Maybe they come home and drink beer all day long and they got beer cans and wear a big beer belly, you know, don't um, shower enough. Well, I mean, those are... I mean, the showering and the beer cans all over the place, that, that, that'd that be the problem for me. Yeah. Not uh, necessarily in a little bit of extra weight. Maybe something happened. They have, so one of the partners has low self-esteem, mm-hmm. so they want, they don't want to share their body with anybody. And then the other one is boredom and being over-familiar with your partner's will dampen sexual desire also. We talked about that earlier. Yeah, because you just, I mean, like, after a while, it's just the same old, same old, unless the people are putting in the work. You know, to to keep right. it exciting. That's why you got like throw, you do. Yeah, that's why you got thrown in Samoan. <laughs> so that, and that's what it is. The main thing is, so for couples, this is not a scientific study. This is just my own personal experience of, of talking to people and all that. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of couples have sex on the same day, the same way, and that. So that after a while, it's just like okay, all I got to do is roll over, a couple of pumps. She has an orgasm. I have an orgasm. We go back to sleep. You're so descriptive. Well, I'm just, okay, well, let's get it short and sweet. And then after a while, you're just like, it's the same old thing every day. Let's just skip it this time. And then once you skip it, then you skip it again, you skip it again, and then just all of a sudden you're not having sex for a year. Yeah. Or somebody's birthday. Well, and then there can also be other reasons. An article that I found called Coping with Mismatched Sex Drives from smsna.org, and I don't remember what that stands for. Smash. It says that medical issues can also cause a sex drive to plummet. So if you were just like, you felt like your sex drive was very normal, and then all of a sudden, like your sex drive is just like, bam, gone. Things like hormones, medication, or hypoactive sexual desire disorder can all be causes. Wait, 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 wait. Hyperactive. So that means... Hypoactive. That means somebody that wants to have sex all the time, but no, not. hypo is under... Okay, I don't, I don't know what that. That's a Hyper big word. Hyper is over. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, hypoactive um, sexual desire disorder (HSDD) um, that could be a cause too. So in any of those cases, the only thing that might be needed is just to go to the doctor. 
So, I mean, that that's definitely something if, if your sex drive is low and it is bothering you or your, your spouse, start with the doctor. And I know a lot of people don't like to go to the doctor, mm-hmm. but... Go. Go. So, yeah. So I mean, ha- Rob, Rob's like really old and he goes to the doctor all the time and he's actually one of the most healthy people I've ever met. Every three months. Mm-hmm. And the first, you know what the qu- first question the doctor asked me is? How much sex are you having? How much sex are you having? And if I say, <laughs> and if I say twice a week, you know what he says? Three times a week. Three times a week. Okay. <laughs> three times. I can't say his accent because he's from Pakistan, but it's funny because that's all he talks about at first. Sex. You got to have sex. Sex, sex, sex. It's like, it's weird. Okay. Um, so is having SDD a deal breaker? Okay. Mm. Not necessarily. It's not necessarily. I did it again, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Some you did. Bitch. You Sorry. ask yourself questions and then you answer them. <laughs> this is a two-person podcast, babe. We're, right. we're supposed to have a little banter back and forth. So is having an SDD a deal breaker? Um, not necessarily. <laughs> oh, you know the answer. <laughs> so according to psychologist and sex therapist Janet Brito, as long as the couple is willing to have some honest conversations and make compromises, quote, it really takes both parties working together on finding some common ground and agreeing to meet each other's moods. Not 100% of the time, but more than 50% of the time, she said. The focus becomes more about how sexual intimacy and connecting in that way nurtures the relationship and less about focusing on individual needs, end quote. You know what I have to say? What? I have to say that it's hilarious how in our outline here, you actually wrote the words quote and end quote Uh instead of just... Using the quotations make, as, as your place to know to say quote. Just to remind me to say quote and then quote. I love that. I'm being more detailed, babe. All right. And I appreciate that. So so what are things you can do? All right. So one, you can get comfortable talking about sex, not just about actual sex, but your feelings about sex. Okay. Like what do you like, what do you don't like? Okay. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Can I, can I take a moment yeah, on this a, one? Please. Okay. I would like to talk to probably more women that are listening than men. Um, you do need to be comfortable talking about sex in your relationship. It is, I know that like a lot of times as women we're raised to not, um, to not talk about sex and to pretend like we're not sexual, but just so you know, we're all sexual people. All sexual. That's how you got here. And especially within your marriage, it is okay to talk about it. It is. It's okay to do it. It's okay to talk about it. It's mm-hmm. okay to want it, and it's okay to not want it too. Right. I mean, it, every it, there's no good or bad really when it comes to sex, and and like being able to communicate about it is really important. And you're with your you're with your supposed soulmate, mm-hmm. right? If right. you're with your soulmate, you should be able to talk about anything. Sub- <laughs> Rob just did air quotes. Supposed soulmate. Yeah, air quotes. <laughs> like, like he's doubting many of you are I'm actually to, with your soulmate. Pretty soon people are going to be on YouTube, so I've got used to my hand gestures. <laughs> okay, number two, figure out when you have the most energy. See when your most energetic time aligns with your partners. Yes, yes. Morning, night, whatever. Actually, that's something I've been wanting to talk to you about because... Like, I know you're like a nighttime person, but I think I would actually um, be more receptive in the mornings. Okay. But you have bad breath, though. I can brush my teeth. So then it, <laughs> then it doesn't seem, hey, babe, brush your teeth so we can have sex. Usually in the morning sex, it's like roll over and have sex. I can just wear a mask. Okay. <laughs> I have bad breath, too. Because you've yeah. been sleeping on that. All right. 
So the third thing you can do is set the mood. So like on this, it talked about, so does a dirty kitchen turn you off? Does a house being dirty turn you off? Yes. Um, you like taking a hot bath or listening to relaxing music? So you mm. do all that stuff instead of just like, hey, babe, I'm home from work. Let's go do it. Oh, right. I got to clean the kitchen first or whatever. So you have to, you know, work up to it. Yeah. Or if you want your partner to get into the mood, like help them out with some of the chores so that they don't have to spend all their time doing that. Right. So the next one we've talked about in previous episodes. So it says get intimate without actually having sex. So go on walks, watch a movie in bed, um, mm-hmm. play a game. Um, the foreplay if it leads to sex or not, can help rebuild your sexual connection. So yeah. maybe you just need to reset yourself. Yeah, and I can. I mean, I think I've mentioned this before, but the the card games that we've gotten, or the mm-hmm. they're like these card games where we ask each other questions and we just learn more about each other. That I mean, that like actually makes me way more in the mood than lots of other mm-hmm. things. And if you don't have a card game, you can say, "Hey, babe, Saturday." I want you to come up with three questions to ask me, and I'm going to come up with three questions to ask you. So while you're going to dinner or whatever you're doing, say so. Then you just ask a random question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've done that before. I like it. Don't underestimate masturbation, okay? Sometimes when you aren't in the mood, helping or just watching your partner get off can still be beneficial. So we talked about that earlier about when your sex drives don't match. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have sex. I want to have sex really bad. I got to have it because I'm going to die because, you know. If a man don't have sex, certainly he's going to die. <laughs> so what you can do is say, roll over and maybe just like massage your partner while he masturbates. Or if it's the other way around, you know, maybe cuddle your woman while she masturbates or you cuddle your man while he masturbates or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're not really doing anything, but then it seems like... It, you're, you're participating. Ha- right. Yeah. Instead of just rolling over and letting him jerk off, you're kind of helping by, you know, a little massaging or whatever. You're such an eloquent speaker. I just put it in plain terms, babe. Okay, I don't like to use big words. <laughs> okay, then uh, if all this fails, see a therapist. Don't let lack of sex ruin your relationship. Yeah. that's. A, I think that's probably the hardest thing is going to somebody and say, we can't have sex together, or I don't want to have sex, or he doesn't want to have sex because people get their feelings hurt. Yeah, and yes, yeah, because there's so much emotion tied to sex, mm-hmm. and so many, um, like people have such weird hangups, you know, like everybody gets screwed up in childhood somehow and they have all these weird feelings about sex and stuff. So yeah, I think it's, it is, it's a hard thing, I think probably to go to therapy for that, but I think it would really be worth it for, if you're really having problems. And it's hard on both people because the man. You're, wait, assuming the man's the one that is the higher sex. I I was going both. I was going to say the man has to satisfy the woman. And when the woman is not satisfied, the man takes that as a personal insult. Mm -hmm. Instead of asking the woman, what can I do to make you satisfied? I don't satisfy you, then I'm not going to have sex with you anymore. And the woman's like, I don't want to have sex with him because he doesn't satisfy me. So never talk about it. Yeah. Right? So I think that's that's what happened in my my last marriage. I think because he knew I wasn't satisfied by his really tiny penis. Micro penis, man. So, yeah. And then, he, well, you can't do anything about that, though. And so then, then I think he just didn't want to do yeah, it so anymore. Yeah, so all that stuff. But there's ways, if with a man that has a micro penis, I feel sorry for you, first of all. But there are ways to go about it where you can still be sexually satisfied. You just have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there are. I mean, like, even size actually doesn't matter. <laughs> wink, wink. 
I'm doing air quotes now. <laughs> Size does not matter, says every man with a small penis. Right. <laughs> no, I'm no, just kidding. I, think, I know I think, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think that you can be with someone with a small penis and still have a very good sex life because it's not all just about you, penises. I mean, there are lesbian relationships where everybody's perfectly happy. Yeah, you just have to figure out what it is, how they can get to the spot. Yeah. Okay. So here's my fun fact. Couples who reported having sex at least two to three times a month were 33% more likely to report a higher level of happiness than those who rarely got down and dirty with their partner. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the the key spot is two or three times a month. That's not even once a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, because, I mean, from what I've read, whenever you have sex, you have like certain hormones that get released that Mm -hmm. don't get released during any other time. And so that in and of itself, just the hormonal part of it makes you happier. But then I think also the closeness that you feel to your significant other whenever you're having sex, I think that also increases happiness. So yeah, I mean, it makes that, that totally makes sense that people that are having sex on a, on a semi-regular basis are happier people. Especially if the sex is satisfying to both people. Mm -hmm. I bet it, I bet it's higher if the sex is satisfying for both people and everything is like they're all both on the same page, mm-hmm. but it's, I bet it's higher than that number. Probably. And and then also, um, I just wanted to mention there are other things like what about an open relationship? Like if you're in a relationship where you guys are just not on the same page, where like one person's sex drive is very low, they don't want to be touched. They hey, Wait, wait, what am I hearing right now? You've already... No, 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 absolutely not. We're not at that point. We're not at that point. Just, (laughs) just because I don't want to have sex every single day. I don't want to have sex every day either. Oh, you would. Bull. Bull. No, remember that time you said let's have sex every day? Oh. (laughs) And it lasted like three days and I was like, okay, I'm tired of this already. It's not fun. Because I don't like the pressure of thinking about it all day. It's weird. It's weird. Oh, you got problems, babe. You got problems. Anyway, I'm just saying, if you've tried everything else, that is an option. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's it's definitely not for everybody, but, you know. Very small percentage. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is a small percentage, but it might work for some people. We talked about that also previously. Yeah. I wanted to throw it out there. And then another option that I actually read about in several of these articles is scheduling sex. A lot of couples do that. And I know it doesn't sound very romantic, but it actually works for a lot of people. I read an article called 13 Couples on How They Deal with Mismatched Sex Drives from Bustle.com. One couple said that they actually scheduled everything out, not just sex, but everything. They have what's called a 2-2-2 rule. What? Yes. So every two weeks, they go out for the evening. Every two months, they go out for a weekend, and every two years, they go out for a week. So we you can out. schedule everything and be happy just like them. We do We do the, we're about like that. Every two weeks, we go out for the evening or so. Yeah. And then every two months, we go out to a weekend. Yeah. Every one year that we go out for a week, we yeah. take vacations, just me and you, yeah. to recharge. I mean, that did sound a lot like us, yeah. but, but I mean, we not, don't. But it's not us. We don't schedule sex. No, I can't do that. I can't think about sex all day long because it puts too much pressure on me to perform. Okay. <laughs> the spotlight is shining on me. I can't do that. I need to beat like, bam. Okay. So, <laughs> no, it's, and you know, it's, it's weird. That's weird. Like when you say we're going to have sex all week. And so Monday's Tuesday. Yeah. Then Wednesday's like, oh, I got to have sex tonight. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, all right. Here's my joke. 
So, uh, remember I went to the doctor this morning and he told me I needed to stop masturbating. Why? Because he's trying to examine me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that one was actually actually good. All right, everybody. We've come to the end of this episode. Painfully. Thank you so much for listening to us for relationship advice or to tell us how great we are. Please email us at unchecktaf at gmail.com. We can also be found at uncheckedbaggage.co on Facebook by searching at unchecktaf. Our Twitter handle is at unchecked1 or search for unchecktaf on Instagram. And we're now on TikTok. Search for unchecked baggage, one word. Thank you to Jessica at jessiebcreative.com for our awesome cover art. And thanks for everyone, or thanks to everyone for listening. One more thing. So our next episode is going to be on body image issues. So anybody wants to email us about anything they've experienced with body image, good or bad, please Mm -hmm. email us and give us something to talk about. Thanks for listening. Awesome. Thanks, everybody.